Maybe you're in one of those seasons of waiting, waiting on the Lord. You know, Sergei said, we, we believe in God's will, but it takes place over time, and we don't understand how it's going to unfold. And so I want us to see today, as we talk about the anxiousness of waiting, that anxiety shouts to us that waiting makes everything worse. When you get worried and anxious, anxiety just shouts to you that if you wait any longer, it's going to just make everything worse. But faith, as we wait patiently on God and learn through faith, faith shares with us that waiting makes us better. A lot of times we think in the waiting, it'll just mean our circumstances improve, get better, we get the answer we want. And that's what God wants. Well, God's will is different than what we want. And what God is doing in the waiting is he's changing us. Waiting on the Lord patiently causes us to be transformed so that we become more like Jesus in our attitude, our actions, our thoughts, our relationships. We can live in love like Christ. Maybe some of you are hearing anxiety shouting at you right now. Waiting any longer is going to make this worse. You can't wait any longer on God. Let me say, God wants to use the season of waiting for you to lean into him, to grow in him, to walk with him. We're going to be looking at the main nativity story, specifically at Mary's waiting after the angel tells her she's going to give birth to the Messiah. But in the nativity story, there's a second story of a woman who is pregnant miraculously. And that was Mary's older cousin, Elizabeth, who was up in years, and she and her husband, who was a priest, Zachariah, had wanted children but never had children. Now they're way beyond childbearing years. And an angel appears to Zechariah in the temple and says to him, you're going to have a child. The one that the Old Testament prophets talked about would be the forerunner of the Messiah. You'll name that child John. Zechariah couldn't believe this because they were not able to have kids, and now it's way past that time biologically that they could, and in disbelief expresses that. And the angel says, Gabriel says to him, you'll not speak until after that child is born because of your disbelief. And yet there was this miraculous thing that happened in that they conceived and, and Elizabeth was gonna give birth to that child. And we learn in scripture from these two women in their seasons of pregnancy some principles of waiting that I think will help us today. You see, the more we wait patiently, the more we learn some things, five things. And the first thing is this. The more we wait patiently, the more we learn to believe waiting is a good thing. I know that's hard if you're waiting right now, that just being patient with God can be a good thing. The angel appears then to Mary. We read in Luke chapter one that it's when Elizabeth, her cousin, is now six months along, so she's ahead in her pregnancy and John would be born first. But we see Gabriel show up and tell Mary, you're going to give birth to the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the Son of God. And she questions that because she's betrothed to Joseph, but she's never known a man. She's a virgin, and so this isn't making sense to her. And so she asks, how can that be? And the angel Gabriel responds in Luke 1, 35 to 38, and says, it says, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. So the angel is saying, you, you want a sign that what I'm telling you is true? 
your older cousin, Elizabeth, is with child six months along. And that will be the confirmation of what I'm saying to you is true. God's word will not fail. And Mary's response is, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Mary begins this season of waiting of the next nine months until the baby Jesus would be born. She enters it saying, may it be so what you said. She receives this as a good thing. Anxiety says waiting is abnormal and hurtful. It's not normal for you to have to wait, to be patient, to trust God, that he's got something in store for you that he'll walk with you through what you're going through, that he wants to mold you and shape you. That's what anxiety says. But faith says waiting is normal and helpful. The waiting does something in our hearts and minds to transform us and to cause us to lean more into our God. Waiting is not always easy, and sometimes the outcome of our waiting isn't what we wanted. But we can often look back and see Glimpses of God's graciousness in the midst of that. Many of you may know Flo Livingston and uh, her husband Barry. Barry's down front here and family with him. And uh, Flo has been a wonderful part of our church family. She and Barry. Barry's been a photographer and served in other ways. And Flo's been a greeter out there, a recognizable face over the years, served in many ways, served every Thursday, volunteered her whole day to come and just help our staff with anything they needed. Just a wonderful, wonderful follower of Jesus and a beautiful smile. And many of you recognize her greeting uh, just even in the pictures you see. A few weeks ago, she was up on a ladder and fell back and hit her head and went to the intensive care, and was unresponsive, and we prayed with the family, and, and Barry was surrounded by her sisters and cousin and other extended family. Pastor Thompson and others were there around her and Barry, and they waited on the Lord for several days, asking God to heal her. The doctors came and told them that she would soon pass from this life. It was hard. But in those moments of their waiting, they gathered around her bed. and they, they had a time of worship and celebration, celebrating her life, telling stories, talking about memories, laughing, so that in whatever way she was able to hear that she would be a part of that. And, and I've talked with several of them that while they wanted a different outcome because she did then step into the presence of the Lord and she's whole and home and no more agony, no more suffering. But I've heard from family and from others around them there, part of our church family, who said even though that waiting was hard, God gave them that moment to gather around her and celebrate her life together. And they're going to have a celebration of her life next month. Waiting is not easy. It's not always the way we would want it to be, but they can see the good glimpse of God's hand and just allowing them some extra time with her to be able to celebrate her life. We're praying for Barry. We're walking with him as a church family forward. We love him and want God's very best for him. You might have seen the display of flowers there in the center of the lobby. Our team and our ushers and greeters and others that she served with put this there this weekend in honor of her story of her life. And I always, when someone steps into the presence of the Lord who's been so faithful, I always pray, God, who's going to step up and serve like they served? 
But waiting can be difficult, and even the outcome can be hard. But God says in the waiting, it can be a good thing for us, and we look for the good hand of our God. The more we wait patiently, the more we learn to believe waiting is a good thing. Secondly, the more we wait patiently, the more we learn to take God's word seriously. To take God's word seriously. Sometimes when you're in a season of trying to cry out before God and pour your heart out to him and you're seeking his will to be accomplished and you're asking for understanding of what that means and it's, it's just a season of uncertainty, it, there can be this natural human reaction just to push back on the things of God, push back on God's word and not make it a part of your life, not lean into the Lord. But waiting teaches us to take God and his word seriously. Mary, in her response to Gabriel in Luke 1.38, says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. What you said, I'm going to hang everything on. I'm going to hold on to tightly. She goes and sees Elizabeth, and they have this exchange, the confirmation that, yes, indeed, Elizabeth is expecting. It confirms what Gabriel said to Mary about her own child. And they're both waiting for God to work out his plan. And when Elizabeth hears the faith of her young cousin Mary, she says this about Mary, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. In the uncertainty of Mary's waiting with this great assignment from God that there doesn't have a lot of clarity about it, she takes God's word seriously. Anxiety says you should let go of what God says. Forget it, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't work in this instance. Yeah, you believe that, but it doesn't apply to this. Faith says we should cling to what God says. We hold tightly to his word. When you're going into a, a, a period of uncertainty and unknown and you're waiting on God, even praying and pouring your heart, as you heard, as you heard Sergei say, even in tears before the Lord, waiting, you lean into the Lord. You take his word seriously. The first thing you cling to is, is the basic good news that God loves you. Even in our sin, he has loved us and sent Christ to die, to be buried, and to be raised for us. It's not good people who go to heaven. It's forgiven people who go to heaven. The only way to be forgiven is through Jesus. And when you cling to that simple, clear good news and, and put your faith in Jesus, you then have a relationship with God that not only gives you eternity forever, but he'll walk with you now and you get to spread his kingdom and his love and his hope in this life. If you haven't yet put your faith in Jesus, cling to the good news. Rest in Christ as your Savior. If I can help you, I'll be in the lobby. I'd be happy to talk to you there. Our care team will be down front. They can help you. They can help you with any need you might have after the service, maybe even to pray over your season of waiting. But if you want to trust Jesus, talk to them. If you're joining us online or even in the room, and right now you say, i gotta, I got to connect somehow, then just text the name Jesus to the number 58568. And we'll reply, and someone on our team will connect with you. Make sure you are clinging to the most basic thing God says, that he loves you and wants you to have a relationship with his son, Jesus. Take God's word seriously. Maybe you, you say, you know what? As I entered this season of waiting, as I've gone through this struggle, this unknown that's ahead and trying to wrestle with God through this, you say, I, I have kind of pushed God's word out of my life. Today begins Advent where we anticipate the celebration of Jesus' first coming to earth. Advent is a special time to lean into God. 
we constantly provide for you, regularly provide for you, the five-day devotionals, take five we call them, so you can take five minutes to talk to God, read God's word, let God speak to you in his word, read a devotional on that word. And this season I'm writing the Advent devotionals from tomorrow through the end of the month. And those devotionals each week will follow the message from Sunday. So this week it's talking about anxiousness and waiting and, that, and the anxiety that can come and how we trust God in that. And so maybe if you've drifted from taking God's word seriously, here's an opportunity to lean in. Use the take five. You can even go to calvarywestlake.org slash take five and get a hold of those there this week. They're five days a week and these Advent devotionals will run through the rest of the month. Thirdly, the more we wait patiently, the more we learn to embrace God's perfect timing. Now, I don't know about you, but I know what God's timing should be. <laughs> I know when he should act, how he should act, where he should act, who he should use. And his timing, in my mind, would be better if it went my way, not his way. What I love is God works in the rhythms he's created and put into creation, right, that he's, he's made, like the sun comes up, the sun goes down, we get 24 hours in a day, there are certain rhythms that God has built into creation that speak of his perfect timing. Even with the pregnancy of these two ladies, there's a nine-month pattern here, and those of you ladies who have been pregnant and given birth, you know that there are certain rhythms at certain stages and, and at the, the different trimesters of pregnancy, and if there's something changes, it wasn't what you thought it was going to be, you consult a book, right? There are certain rhythms. And so both Elizabeth and Mary probably understood the basic rhythm of these nine months. But I find it interesting that even in that time frame of what God has created into the carrying of a child in pregnancy, the narration of these two ladies' lives kind of tracks with that same timing. In Luke 1.26, we read, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, the angel Gabriel to Nazareth to Mary. In Luke 1.36-37, even Elizabeth, the angel said, your relative is going to have a child in her old age, and she who has said to be unable to conceive in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. Again, a reference to this six months. And then in Luke 1.57, we hear about how the nine months has been completed. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. And then we know when Joseph and Mary get to Bethlehem for the census, we read in Luke 2.6, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. God has built regular rhythms of his perfect timing in creation. And he's also done that in our lives as we walk with him and we grow in him. Anxiety says we should fix it now. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm a control freak. I want everything to go my way, in my timing, and when Leslie and I are talking and she shares a problem, before she even gets to explain it or her thoughts on it, I'm already trying to fix it. Am I the only one? You're hanging me out to dry here. Nobody seems to be <laughs> understanding what I'm talking about here. We want to fix it in our time. We want to fix it now. Probably one of the hardest parts of waiting is just to, as Sergei said, they couldn't go back. They couldn't go forward. They were just right where they are, and they knew they wanted to follow God's will, but understanding it and trusting him is hard. When we're embracing God's perfect timing, anxiety says you should rush in, fix it now, force it, 
demand it. Faith says we should let God work it out in his timing. There have been many times in my life where even while I'm receiving something and it's supposed to be God's perfect timing, I say, this doesn't make sense to me. But I look back and I go, wow. A few months later, a few years later, a decade later, you look back and you say, wow. God, you were doing something I couldn't see in your timing. The more you wait patiently, the more you learn to embrace God's perfect timing. Calvary Community Church will be 50 years old as a church in 2026. Before this location, it was located about a block and a half away on Via Colinas in a warehouse there. You saw an image of that in Randy's story of the balcony he mentioned there. This Palm Sunday, it'll be 25 years since we moved from that location to this location in the, uh, the spring of 1999. But Calvary was outgrowing that site under Pastor Larry DeWitt's leadership, and they've been outgrowing it and looking for something. And this facility became available actually in 1994, this corporate campus, both sides, the Oak side and our side. And uh, Calvary was trying to put the funds together and get the plan together in 1994 to purchase this site. And it just wasn't coming together on the last day when they needed to communicate uh, to brokers, et cetera, that they couldn't quite put it together to purchase the campus. The Northridge earthquake happened that day. And so things radically changed and a company in the valley that its building was destroyed and the earthquake needed a space. They came here and they were here about three or four years Probably a lot of folks thought, well, that means we're not going to get that campus over there on Via Rocas, that corporate center. And, but they had to wait. And as they waited, a new opportunity came. But they were still struggling because they determined we can afford half of this campus and we need half, but that other half we don't need. So they started thinking about what kind of Christian partner, kingdom-minded partner could come along and take the other half of the campus. And the elders went into 60 days of prayer for the right partner to come along. Day 58, a man named David Price, who was a businessman, his kids were in a Christian school in the Palisades, wanted to start a Christian high school. And uh, somebody brought him to this campus and said, this church is trying to get a partner for that side of the campus. And he looked at it and uh, he and other, other co-founder and others who were involved actually launched Oaks Christian School. Two separate entities. We're like Siamese twins, though, because we share a lot of resources. I don't have any authority on that side, and the head of school there doesn't have any authority on our side. Two separate budgets, two separate 501c3s, two, two separate entities, but both kingdom-minded. Like I said, like Siamese twins, their main building over here gets its electricity and air conditioning from our side, and then they pay us back each month for that. It's an interesting relationship, and you've seen part of that relationship today. So glad to have the Oak students up here, and what a blessing it is to have them on a Sunday like this. And if, if you want to enjoy some more great Christmas music, come back this afternoon for that free concert. It's here in our worship center. But David not only helped launch Oak Christian School, but when he was here, he said, you know what? I know you're trying to get your finances together to be able to do this. I'll, I'll buy both sides and as you get your resources. So he was even used by the Lord to help fund the early part of this so that Calvary could get into this space. 
That was years of waiting. That was 60 days of prayer. And I can imagine on day 55, some of the elders were probably saying, eh, I don't know if this is going to happen here. And David was used by God along with others there to help start Oaks Christian School. And this fall, just a matter of about two months ago, David Price went home to be with the Lord. But what a, what a great story of waiting on the Lord even as a church, waiting to see what God will do. We need to learn to embrace God's perfect timing even when it isn't our timing. Fourthly, the more we wait patiently, the more we listen to God instead of others. The more we listen to God instead of others. Remember the angel told Zechariah, you're gonna name this child John. And he said, I don't even believe we're gonna have a kid. Well, you won't speak until after this baby's born. And when the one we know is John the Baptist who would declare as the forerunner of the Messiah, there he is. There he is, the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. When that baby was born that we know as John the Baptist, we read in Luke 1.59, on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no, he's to be called John. They said to her, there's no one among your relatives who has that name. That's unusual. You name a child after its father or grandfather. What are you doing here? Um, they said to her, there's no one among your family who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. Immediately his mouth was open and his tongue set free, and he began to speak. And what does he start doing right away, the first moments he gets to speak for nine months and eight days? He praises God. But the voices around, their expectations were, we, have, we know what this kid's name's supposed to be, and Elizabeth and Zechariah have to say, no, we're not listening to you, and we're not going to meet your expectations. We're listening to God, and we're going to meet his expectations. When you're in a season of waiting, anxiety says we should satisfy everyone's expectations. Makes that waiting a lot harder when all these voices, well-intended, good, well-intended voices are speaking, and Anxiety says we should satisfy everyone's expectations. Faith says we should satisfy God's expectations. We need to make sure we're hanging on his word, listening to him. Now he is leading us, not just the voices of all the other expectations. It's not easy when you're waiting. You're desperate to hear from God and all those other voices are shouting and screaming, but we learn in our waiting to listen to God instead of others. Fifth and finally, we learn as we wait patiently to expect waiting throughout our lives. You say, wait, what, are you, what did you just say again? What's this last point, Thornton? I don't like that one. I'm hoping when I get through this season of waiting, it's all done. It's interesting when we read in Luke 2, they went to Bethlehem. There's no room in the inn. They end up at a stable. The baby's born in a manger there in Bethlehem. Some, angels or some shepherds come in and say, angels just announced to us the birth of the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Told us to find the baby in a stable in Bethlehem, in a manger. This is that child, and they bow down and they worship. Mary and Joseph are taking all this in. Their baby, the, the Savior of the world, the King of Kings, is born in a, in a barn, in a feeding trough. Shepherds show up first. 
And I love when they leave praising God and telling everyone about what they saw as the shepherds leave. There's a little verse in Luke 2.19 that is my favorite verse of all the nativity story. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary absorbs the shepherds, their story of the angels. They're in Bethlehem. It's crowded, no room in a barn. This doesn't seem to be working the way she thought it was going to work in her waiting. Giving birth to the Messiah in a barn? But in her pondering, it's bringing a, a kind of a close to what she's been waiting for in the nine months, but now she's got this child's lifetime. She doesn't know the whole plan. She doesn't understand how it's all going to work out. She doesn't know what it's going to be like to raise the Son of God, the King of Kings, the Savior of the world. She doesn't know what his ministry is going to look like. She doesn't know there's a cross ahead. And so as one season of waiting ends for her, in this pondering, a whole new season of waiting opens up. And God's going to grow her. She'll lean into God. Trust him through it. I don't know what the season of waiting you're in looks like, the patience you're struggling to have feels like. But I want to tell you that this is a normal part, a good part of the journey with Jesus. And it is going to continue in your life. You see, anxiety says waiting can be eliminated from our lives. Anxiety tries to tell you, once you get through this, everything will be good. Faith says waiting will continue in your lives. Isn't it interesting that once we step into eternity, eternity, there's no more waiting? You ever felt like you're in traffic for eternity? When we're in eternity, there's no more waiting. But until we're in eternity, there'll be seasons of waitings, and the Lord wants us to draw close to him. He wants us to know him, to rely upon him, to rest in him, to trust him. These five things that we learn in our waiting, we learn to believe waiting is a good thing. We learn to take God's word serious. We learn to embrace God's perfect timing. We learn to listen to God instead of others. We learn to expect waiting throughout our lives, not just in one simple season. Are you letting anxiety make everything worse? Or are you letting patient waiting make you better as God's Holy Spirit causes you to lean into the Lord in that season of of waiting, to trust him, to look to him, to rely upon him. A new movie came out last month, a movie called Journey to Bethlehem. It's a great movie. It's a musical. It's designed even for kids to enjoy. It's a movie that at the core of it is the nativity story. It has some historic fiction a part of it. Of course, some creative license is taken in the story, but the, some of the music is incredible. It's a movie that was the, in the heart and mind of Adam Anders, who's a part of the Calvary family. He was, a number of folks did some writing on this and the music, even his wife Nikki, was, they were, did, got to do this together. It's a joyful celebration in music of the nativity. There's one song in there, Leslie and I got to go to the premiere of the movie, and there's one song in there that I have probably played dozens of times since I first heard it three or four weeks ago. It's where Mary has been told by Gabriel, you're gonna have the child, but she's told her family and Joseph's family and Joseph, and we know biblically Joseph struggled with this idea that she says she's gonna have a child, but she's still a virgin. 
And Mary's leaving the family to go visit her cousin Elizabeth where she'll get that confirmation of the sign that Elizabeth is expecting. And as she's leaving in the movie and travels to see Elizabeth, how they capture the emotion of that and the moving away from her family to go see Elizabeth is incredible to me in the vision, visuals. But in the words of the song she sings, it's a song called Mother to a Savior and a King. I don't understand the words you've spoken. And my heart is still trying to believe, hear this from the, the perspective of Mary, when you're looking down on me, why do you see a mother to a savior and king? There's nothing in my life I have to offer, nothing in my blood of royalty. I'm just a poor and simple version. I'm not a mother to a savior and king. I need you more than ever. God, can you hear me now? Does anybody feel that way in their waiting? Your stars are full of answers hiding behind the clouds. Give me eyes to see just how I can be carrying your son when I need you to carry me. Should a miracle feel like an anchor? Again, from the heart of Mary. Bringing shame upon my family? This burden is too heavy. I need strength to be a mother to a savior and king. Oh God, please light the shadows because I can't see where to go. This road that I must travel is too dark to walk alone. You said, do not fear, so Lord, if you are here, help me have the faith you have in me. The one line that I've listened to over and over again on Spotify, the whole soundtrack's available on Spotify, Apple Music, those kind of resources. But the one line that I just keep just allowing God to speak to my heart with is the line, oh God, please light the shadows because I can't see where to go. This road that I must travel is too dark to walk alone. If you're in a season of waiting, you probably feel like that, which I believe Mary would have felt like in those early stages of waiting for that baby to be born and to see what God was going to do with her child. Anxiety is going to shout to you, the waiting is awful and it just makes your life worse. But faith says waiting can be a sweet moment to meet God in the hardest of times when we don't understand what God's will is and that we can lean into him, that he'll meet us in the anxiousness of our waiting. Would you bow your heads? Close your eyes. I just want to pray for those who would say, Sean, pray for me. I'm in a season of waiting. And I want God to Make me a better follower of Christ in this season. Pray for me in this season of waiting. Just slip your hand up just quickly. I'll just acknowledge those. Yes, yes, around the room. Thank you. Just say, pray for me. I'm in a season of waiting. Yes, I see hands all over the room. Father, help us to know that when we wait patiently, you'll be with us, you'll grow us, you'll strengthen us, you'll make us more like Jesus. Father, I ask that you would be with those who've just lifted up a hand quickly to say, I'm in a season of waiting. Pastor, pray for me. I pray, Father, that you would meet them in this moment. May they believe that waiting can be good. May they take your word seriously. May they wait for your perfect timing. May they listen to you rather than others. And Father, may they realize that waiting is a continuous part of our journey until we're with Jesus. But it's a good thing that can make us more like Christ so the world around us can see Jesus in us as we share the hope of Christ with them. Be glorified in our lives in these seasons of waiting. May we draw close to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.